Thanks, Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside, and again, it's my joy to welcome all of you here this morning. Some of you asked me about uh, coat racks this morning. Uh, by a vote of five to four, council voted, we will put them back up. All right, so we will have coat racks soon. Uh, just haven't gotten around to putting those back up yet, and so uh, that will happen. But uh, I want to begin this morning with a, with a proverb, with a statement, with a, one of those uh, truths that um, probably all of us, maybe not all of us, but many of us have heard, and, and it goes like this. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's said by leadership people, it's said by others, but it's basically kind of saying, look, you've got to make sure you keep the important thing the important thing. And it's important because we have a tendency to lose sight of the main thing. We have a tendency to chase rabbits. We have a tendency to get lost in the, the forest for the trees. We have a tendency to, to take secondary things and make them primary things. The London Transit Authority gave a, a great example of this uh, uh, several years ago. The London Transit Authority is in charge of all public transportation in London, England. And they were having tro- troubles, uh, troubles with their, their buses, uh, the bus system, their bus drivers. What was happening is the drivers were, were going past bus stops when there were people there waving, saying, stop, pick us up. The drivers were driving past, and the buses were not full, but the, the people were complaining, and they said, this isn't right. Why, why are you driving past? Why aren't you stopping for us? And the London Transit Authority put out a statement explaining exactly why this was happening. They said this. They said, it is impossible for us to maintain our schedules, schedules if we always have to stop and pick up passengers. You know, now, hold time out. Well, the main thing, right? Uh, I appreciate being on time. You know, bus driving would be a great job if it weren't for the passengers, just like teaching would be a great job if it weren't for the students, and preaching and pastoring would be a great job if it weren't for you. Um, but no, I mean, right, you, you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And we all have this tendency to lose sight of the main thing. We, we do this in a variety of ways. Just recognize that, that we've all done this. And sometimes we act as if the main thing in our lives or in our families, sometimes we have, act as if the main thing is, is keeping the house clean. That's what's most important. Everything has to be clean. Everything has to be in its place. And you want to say, yeah, but aren't we supposed to love each other? <laughs> aren't we supposed to raise our kids? Aren't we supposed to have fun? Aren't we supposed to create memories? No, we've got to keep the house clean. And some of you know what it was like. Some of you maybe had a room in your house that you couldn't go in because, because that room had to be kept perfect. And it's like, really, that's the purpose? To keep this room? No, the purpose is to, to create a family. The purpose is to love each other. Uh, sometimes we act as if the main thing is, is keeping the house clean. Sometimes we ask as if the main thing is making great time on a trip. I won't name any names, but some of you are guilty of this. Uh, you know, I mean, you leave for spring break, and it's like, okay, we are going to make it to Florida. And we are going to make record time this year. We are going to stop four times. This is where we stop. This is what we do. We will only go through drive through places. We will eat apples. We will do this. And, and, and you know what? You create a record. You make great time to get to Florida. Unfortunately, your wife is really angry. Two of your kids have wet themselves. And the third one is back in Georgia at a rest area. But you refuse to go pick him up because you were going to make great time, right? I mean, sometimes we get caught up in this. Okay, the most important thing is that we make great time, that we get down there as fast. No, it's not the most important thing. Is it nice to make great time? Yes. But when we make it the main thing, we get in trouble. Or getting reports filled out. Some of you are in workplaces where that's the case. It's like, I want to get the job done. No, fill out the reports. You got to make sure everything, all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, and filling out the reports. It happens to all of us at different times. We lose sight of the main thing, and it happens to us sometimes in the church. See, in the church, let me give you just some of the ways that we do this. Sometimes we in the church act as if the main thing is, is getting more people to attend Sunday morning services. 
That's what's really important. What's really important is that a year from now, we have 50 more people coming to, to Hillside on a Sunday morning than anything else. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to continue to bring the gospel to people. I want us to continue to grow. But when we make that the main thing, when we say the measure of our success is going to be how many people, how many behinds we have in the, in the seats, if that's going to be the, the, the measure of our success, we start to do some strange things. We start to teach some strange things. I mean, if that's the case, then, then maybe we've got to talk like having Ron unbutton three or four buttons and show off that masculine hairy chest, and that's going to draw. Okay, no, that would not draw anybody. You'll, you'll pay me to keep it right. But, I mean, you, churches sometimes, we end up in funny places when we end up saying what it's really about is the numbers. What it's really about is the numbers. Sometimes we act as if that's the most important thing. Sometimes we act, at the most, act like the most important thing is the main thing is making sure nobody gets upset and nobody feels bad. Maybe you've been in churches like that. Now, again, I have no desire to upset people. I like calm waters. But the fact is, if that becomes the main goal, if that becomes the main thing, making sure nobody is upset, pretty soon you don't do anything. Because if we do this, it might upset that person. And if we say this, it might upset that person. And if we read this Bible passage, it might upset that person. But sometimes for churches, that's what we act like. Oh, we can't do that because, because that might upset somebody. And when that becomes the main thing, it's a problem. Sometimes in the church, we act as if the main thing, third, is, is telling people where they, they've messed up and how they should be living. Sometimes in the church, this is our posture. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. You're bad. You're evil. You're a sinner. And, and our, we act as if the main job. Now, do people sin? Yep. Do people do things wrong? Yep. Is it sometimes our job to confront ourselves and others? Yep. But when that becomes the main thing, to tell people what they did wrong, to wag our fingers, to blame people, to point things like that, it gets really messy. Got to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's not the main thing. And, and, and it's not even the main thing to help people have better marriages or better finances or better kids. Do we want to help you have better marriages? Absolutely. Does the Bible say anything about marriage? Absolutely. And so, yeah, we want to do that. We want to have people help you raise your kids. We want to help you with your finances. We offer classes on that. Yeah, we, we want to do that. But if that becomes the main thing, if you can become a member or attend here at Hillside for five years, and you say, the most important thing I got out of it is I'm a better parent right now. I'm a better mom or I'm a better dad. If that's the main thing you get out of it. That's not the main thing. We've missed the boat. We've failed. Do we do these things? Do we feed hungry people? Do we do all that stuff? Yeah. But the main thing, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> and we've got to talk about the main thing. The reason I raise this today is because in two days, on October 31, 2017, it's the 500th anniversary, you may have heard that, the 500th anniversary of what we call the Protestant Reformation, that Martin Luther, this monk in Germany, uh, took a piece of paper and he nailed it up to the door of the church in Wittenberg, and he had 95 statements on it, okay? And, and, and basically what, what Luther was saying is something that we need to think about all the time. What he was saying is that uh, 500 years ago, the, the church had lost the main thing. The church had gotten involved in some things that it had no right getting involved in. It had made the main thing getting more money. It had made the main thing getting more power. It had made the main thing telling people what to do. It had made the main thing building a big empire. It, 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 it lost sight of the main thing. And, and while this is way too simplistic, in some ways what I want to suggest is that what Martin Luther did in starting the Reformation, and it was not his intent to start a whole new group of churches, but it happened. But Martin Luther basically said, hey, we need to get back to the main thing. 
We need to rediscover the main thing. It's not indulgences. It's not these other things. And Luther said, you want to know what the main thing is? The main thing, he says, is the gospel. It's the gospel that's the main thing. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel that we've got to get back to. That's got to be the center. And he he was triggered to this by Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. The apostle Paul kind of says, this is the main thing. This is the most important thing. Luther, this monk, he's, he's reading, he's studying, he's teaching, and he reads this passage, and it just kind of like hits him. He has one of those moments where he says like, whoa, what are we doing here? We're, we're, we're focusing on the wrong stuff. Look at what Paul writes. He says, for I am not ashamed the Apostle Paul says, I've got to come and preach the gospel to you, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because this gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And that just, just hit Luther, and he says, we've got to get back to that we got to get back to that, to the gospel. we got to get back to the main thing. And so this morning, I want to just take some time. And we're going to come back to the one another's next week. We've been in those. We'll come back to those next week. But this morning, just to kind of say, all right, what is the main thing? It was true in Paul's day. It was true in Luther's day. And it's true in our day that the main thing for Hillside Church, this has got to be more than we're about buildings, as nice as that new section is, it is so cool. More than we're about fellowship, and fellowship is great. But more than anything else, the main thing for Hillside, for the church, is still announcing and living out the gospel. It's the gospel, it's the gospel, it's the gospel. And if we don't present the gospel, if that's not what we're about, if that's not the main thing, then we are doing a disservice to this community, and I'm doing a disservice to every one of you. Okay, so what is the gospel? <laughs> What is the gospel? It's one of those questions that Christians talk about the gospel all the time. But, but sometimes it's like, I, could I come up with a real quick definition? What is the gospel? If it's, a, it's the main thing. What is, this is the question I want to think about with you today. For some of you, it's going to be review. And, and for some of you, it'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. But for all of us, I hope it's kind of saying, that's what we're about. That's what we're about. We're about the gospel. Now, I was thinking about this, and I thought, if I'm going to talk to somebody, my neighbor or whatever, who doesn't go to church and, and who was never raised in the church, if he were to come to me and say, so run this thing, the gospel. Yeah, I hear Christians talking about share the gospel. I, I believe in the gospel. What, what is the gospel? What I'm going to start with him and what I want to start with you is saying, can I take just a couple of minutes? Because it's, it's, it's important that we understand kind of the background. And in order to understand what the gospel is, we first of all have to understand what our situation is. We have to understand where we are and what's going on. And so what I'm going to want to do with you today, what I want to do with my neighbors is to say, here are two key background truths, two key truths about the situation that we need to understand these two things first. Now, the first one is one that's fairly easy to get you all and my neighbor to agree to. The first background truth, the first truth about our situation is one that that in some ways is fairly easily provable, and that is this. Things are not right in this world. It's broken. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Open up your newspaper. Watch the news. There's wars. There's killings. There's rape. There's abuse. There's people who are starving to death. There are people who have cancer. There are people who hate each other. There are, you know, all those things. Kids who get abused. All this stuff that's wrong. And I want to say the the gospel, actually, we have to understand the gospel. In order to understand the gospel, we have to first understand that things are not right in this world. That this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not 
the way. And like I say, most people will recognize that. Now, I'm going to say, for me, it's personally because I believe God created good and it's gone wrong. But let's just say things are not perfect right now. Can we all agree to that? And then I'm going to want to make sure that I say to you and to my neighbor that, that it really starts with me. It's not just that evil out there. Things are not right with me. And, and, and I hope you're honest enough, you here now, to recognize that the evil and the sin and the problem is not just out there. Got to understand the situation is I can try really hard to love you, but I keep being selfish. I can try really hard to do the right thing. I can try really hard to make sure I give. I can try really hard to love others, but at the end of the day, I keep messing up. I keep blowing it. I keep getting it wrong. That's the first truth. It understand. Things are broken. This world is a broken place. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Now, the second thing is one that you might get some pushback on. This is one you might want to say, well, hold on. But it's, again, essential for us to understand this, and that is that we cannot make things right on our own. No matter how hard we try, I can't fix myself. No matter how hard I try to become the kind of person I should become, I keep messing up. No matter how hard I try to speak words of kindness and grace and truth, I keep lying, I keep blowing it, I keep failing. I can't fix me and I can't fix the world. And and there are people who come at us and they'll say, no, no, really, if we had the right educational system, if we could just educate everybody, if we could just train parents well enough, if we could just have enough food, if everybody was fed, then we'd have world peace and and, and love is all you need. And and I want to say... Give me one. I'm not saying human history is horrible all the time. There are some good things. But honestly, if you look at human history, there's very little reason to think we're ever going to get it right. I mean, we have enough food to feed everybody on planet Earth right now. We can create enough food to do that. The problem is not create. The problem is sinful hearts. The problem is some despot who's keeping the food in the, in the harbor and letting his people starve to death. The problem is that I'm selfish. The problem is I'm going to take advantage of you. The problem is all these things, and I can't fix it, okay? The world's broke, and we cannot fix it. Those are the two things. Now, again, if somebody says, I think we can fix it, you say, okay, then then the gospel's not going to be great news to you, (laughs) okay? You've got to understand, it only is good news when we understand that it's just broke and we can't fix it because the gospel is this, and I'm going to give you a longer definition right now, and we'll shrink it down at the end, but the gospel... Friends, the gospel is the good news that God has acted to make all things right in this world through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what is at the center of everything, that God has acted. It's the announcement, it's the declaration that God has come through Jesus Christ. It's the recognition, the declaration, the announcement, the living into it, that God is making all things new through Jesus Christ. So I want to move that up. And I want to think about this, and I want to unpack it. I want to make it a little bigger, and then, like I said, we're going to shrink it down again so you can remember something when you leave. But I want to first, let's unpack this a little bit. And and I want us to recognize that at the center of Christianity is the gospel. And what that means is that the center of Christianity is good news. It's good, not bad. The main thing about Christianity is not that you're a sinner. The main thing about Christianity is that God has done something about it. The main thing about Christianity is not that you're broken and you can't fix it. The main thing is when you were broken and couldn't fix it, God did something about it. It is good news. In fact, the word gospel in the Greek means good news. The, the word in the Greek is euangelion or euangelion, and it's actually made up of two words. Actually, if you look at this one and, and if you change the U to a V, 
You get evangelion, evangelicals. So evangelicals are people who say, we hold to the gospel. That's what we're trying to do as evangelicals. It's two words. The first word is you or ooh and, or ow, and it, and it means good. Like a eulogy is a good word, right? A eulogy is a good word. You is good. And then angelon is angels are messengers. It's news. And so evangelion literally means good news, everybody. Good news news and the gospel is good news and we need to remember that that the gospel is good news it is a declaration what we are about more than anything else is 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 more than anything else declaring by our words and deeds but declaring what god has done not giving people a set of guidelines or directions and this is so hard for us to hold on to because i want to tell you what to do because i want to tell you how to live but the gospel, the good news, the, the, the center of the main thing of Christianity is a declaration. It is an announcement. And, and what that means, what we must remember all the time and where we get into trouble if we forget this, is that Christianity, and this is one of the things that makes Christianity, in my view, unique and different from basically all the other world religions, and that is that Christianity is, first about what, is not first about what we do. Think about it. Every other world religion, basically... It talks about the main thing is what you do, Islam. You have to do the five pillars of Islam. You have to do tithes. You have to do prayers. You have to do the, the trip to Mecca. You have to do Ramadan. You have to, it's about what you do. If you do these things, then Allah will be pleased. Think about Judaism. It's about being a good person. If you're a good person, then God is pleased with you. In Hinduism and Buddhism, it's about getting good karma. It's about losing ourselves. It's all about what you do. Most religions... And Christianity easily gets turned into this. But most religions are about the path you take to get to God. But what's radical about the gospel, what's upside down about the gospel, what's crazy about what we claim to believe here, and if you don't think it's crazy, you don't understand it, but what's crazy is that, that our religion is not about what we do. It's about what God has done. The center of Christianity is the declaration, is the announcement, is the amazing news that I'm broken, I'm a sinner, and when I couldn't get to God, God came to me and he wrapped his arms of love around me. And in some ways, the difference between Christianity and every other religion is two letters. It's the difference between do and done. And the main thing of Christianity is declaring and living out and, and with our, just recognizing that God has come through Jesus Christ to make all things new. It's what God has done. Friends, you're broke and you can't fix it, but God loves you. That's the gospel it's good news. It's powerful news. Paul says in, in, in verse 16 of Romans 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, this crazy news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God. I don't have power to change me. I don't have power to change you. But the gospel has the power. It has the power to change you. It has the power to change me. It is good news. It is powerful news. And it is the news that God has acted. Again, it is a declaration that God has done something to make everything right again. We call that salvation. Again, back to Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation. The good news. This is the announcement that God has brought salvation. Hallelujah. That God has stepped in. That God has done something. And when we think about salvation, think about it big. Think about it big. You know, sometimes we say, oh, that God, Jesus forgave my sins. And yes, that's absolutely essential. It includes the forgiving of our sins, okay? The gospel includes that it's the restoring of my relationship with God, but it's more than that. Jesus didn't just die and rise again in order to forgive my sins. He did it to heal my hurts. 
and to overcome death and to change my heart. Salvation is everything. When we sinned, everything got crooked, and the gospel is the good news that God is on a path, and he's making everything right. And the invitation is for us to receive that, to accept it, to be a part of what God is doing. It's a, it's a, it's a restoration of all creation. It's a restoring of all things. And friends, that's what we have to offer people. If all you do is learn how to be a better parent and don't learn that Jesus Christ died and rose for you, then shame on me. Because what you need more than anything else is Jesus to bring that new life. Because I don't want you to feel better just for now. I want you to be a part of that new kingdom when it comes. So it's good news. It's powerful news. It's news that God has acted to bring salvation. And it's the news that God has done this centered in Jesus Christ through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul, this is basically what Paul talks about for the rest of his letter to the Romans. One example of a place where he does it in Romans 6 verse 4, he says, We were therefore buried with him, with Jesus, through baptism into death. We've died when Jesus died in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It's somehow, and again, this is why, you say, why would Paul be ashamed of preaching the gospel? Because it's crazy. We're so comfortable with it, we don't realize. But for Paul to say, yeah, well, Jesus died and rose again, that means I'm dead in new life. What? What? Yeah, that's it. It's the only hope of the world. It's the only thing that can change anything. It's, it's what matters more than anything else. Jesus died and rose again. And somehow that changes my life. Somehow that forgives my sins. Somehow that makes all things new. The gospel is the good news that God has acted, the powerful news that God has acted to make things right through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now let me shrink it down and say a real quick way to say that. And if I've got 10 seconds, this is what I'm going to say. The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves. I mean, that's why, you know, on the one hand, we say, oh, but it's so much more than that. It is, but at the end of the day, friends, it's Jesus, 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 Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the evening, Jesus in the afternoon. My only hope is Jesus. All I have is Christ. That's the gospel. That Jesus Christ took my place, that Jesus Christ healed my diseases, that Jesus Christ is making all things new. And if that's not what we proclaim, if that's not what we declare, then we're missing the gospel. Then we've lost the main thing. The good news that Jesus saves everyone who believes. Romans, Paul goes on and says, everyone who believes. Again, back to 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation, that makes everything right to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Two things to note about this. Well, on the one hand, it is a declaration. What we do with the gospel, what we do here more than anything else and, and, is we declare, we announce good news, but we also call people to respond. We also call people to believe. We're called to accept that. We're called to say, God, I give up on my way. I give up on my way. I repent. I say, I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I want to live in your kingdom. I want to do it your way. I want your life. I want your grace. I want your forgiveness. We're called to accept that. And, and so again, the main thing is what God has done. The main thing is what God has done. I tell you, the gospel of good news is that God has acted through Jesus Christ. But we are called to believe it. And, and, and something that was huge in Paul's day and, and, and needs to be huge for us again today, and that is that everyone is welcome to believe it. 
That in Jesus Christ, all those old barriers are broken apart. There's no Jew, there's no Gentile. It came first to the Jews, but now it's for the Gentiles. There's no no Jew, no Gentile. There's no black, there's no white, there's no red, there's no yellow. There's all in Christ. Christ is the good news that God has acted through Christ. And the good news is that everyone who believes, everyone who believes, whether they're a Republican or a Democrat, everyone who believes, no matter what their ethnic background, Everyone who believes can find salvation through Jesus Christ. God has come and made everything new. Jesus saves everyone who believes. And when Luther read that, it just clicked. And he said, you know what? We in the church have been telling everybody what to do all the time. We've been telling you, you got to sin less. you got to do this. Now, you should sin less. Please try to stop. The most important thing I have ever said to any of you is not sin less. The most important thing I've ever said to any of you is Jesus saves. Is that Jesus saves. Is that Jesus will wipe away all your sins. That Jesus is making all things new. And we live by faith. And again, think of faith big with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We live by faith. And that became one of the cries of the Reformation. And it's got to be one of our cries as well. Romans 1.17, for in the gospel, in this good news, in this declaration, we find that the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness really from God is revealed. Jesus Christ, a righteousness that comes not by what we've done, not by praying so many times, not by going to church so many times, not by not mowing your lawn on Sunday, not by not doing this, not by not doing that, not by giving a certain amount of money, not by feeding a certain amount of people. Those are all good things to do, but whatever. But it's not those things. We are saved and the righteousness that we have is by faith from first to last. Just as is written, the righteous will live by faith. It's grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. The gospel, the main thing, the most important thing we can do we start it with those little kids in the nursery and those kids who are in classrooms. It's telling them it's not about obeying mom and dad first and foremost. It's about knowing that Jesus died and rose again for you. Friends, you're loved, you're accepted, you're forgiven, and the question is, will we accept it? Will we believe it? We need to keep the main thing the main thing. In some ways, it's a way oversimplification of the Reformation, but in some ways, it's what it's about And for us as a church and for me as a pastor, my prayer is that today and every day we keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. Jesus came. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. And you can have new life. And it's going to be okay. Because there is hope and forgiveness and changed hearts. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we do a lot of activities and they're good. We make meals and that's great. We give offerings, we support people in doing different things and that's great. Father, there are so many good things we can do, but keep us keeping the main thing the main thing. Father, we want 
the world to know. We want each other to know. We want ourselves to know that the main thing is the gospel, the good news. It's Jesus. So, Father, remind us once again that all we have is Christ. But he's plenty. He's more than enough. Your grace is enough to fill us, to shape us, to change us. And so, Lord, let us live by Jesus. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing together a a doxology. Um, So please stand to do that. Praise God from From whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son. pray with somebody after the service. There will be some folks gathered in the prayer room. They'd be happy to meet with you, talk with you, pray with you, and just celebrate God's good grace with you. So as you go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with each and every one of us, and know that God's grace is enough. Amen.